0: Years. We went eight weeks talking about Jesus is Lord. I enjoyed that series as much as I have anything in a long, long time. But I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to call it When Goodness Comes. When Goodness Comes. I want to tell y'all, and I know you would stand up here and say the same thing, that God's been good to me. It's outstanding. You, you'd have to be a fool. You'd have to be uh, uh, out of your mind to say that it would have been the way it is if we hadn't had God in our life. We just have to be foolish. You just have to be derelict to say, it, it, Nothing. God hadn't changed anything. Every day is just getting up and just blasting off to something new and good. Let me say, hallelujah. It's not like we hadn't put microphone cords on this thing and looked at it and changed it around. Amen. So I say God is good. But not just, just good. I know a lot of people say God is good and they say that but actually what they're what they when they turn from saying god is good mostly what they're saying i look at their lives and you do too they act like god is good when i am good well that's not good that's just just that's just uh jesus said in luke chapter 6 he says he says uh uh even the world scratches your back when you scratch their back even the world'll say nice things about you if you say nice things about them It's not really good, it's just just. It's just uh, a fairness thing. But good, I think, and I've been studying this and thinking about it, good is when God's good to me when I'm not that good. And there's plenty of opportunities for him to be good to me when I wasn't that good. That's good. When he's good, when we don't deserve good in the sense of uh, in the world things. And uh, I looked at that and I said, you know, most Christians, agree with me if you can, are condemned and guilty over their life. They just always are saying of themselves, I have fell again from the short of the glory of God. I could have prayed longer. I could have done better. I could have. And if something bad happens, well, I should have prayed that out. Am I right? We're always under the accuser of the brethren. The devil is always accusing us of coming up short. And, uh, but I tell you, the Lord told me this morning, I came down this morning early, And he told me that everything is turning out amazing in the second half of this year. And I looked, I counted up the months, and next Sunday is the the first day of the second half of 18. So I'm taking the word of the Lord. Everything is turning out amazing. It has been amazing, but it hadn't looked amazing in some places. Things have gone this way and gone that way. And we say that everything is turning out amazing and everything that is not now amazing is still turning. Well, the Lord told me it's going to look amazing in the second half. It's going to look amazing. So then we say David recovered all and I'm recovering all the second half of this year. So I'm waiting until Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, next Sunday is the second half of this year. I'm going to go ahead and get this weekend too. I'm going to call it a uh, uh, leap year or something. So everything's turning out amazing, thus saith the Lord, in the second half of 2018. Can you all receive that with me? Amen. Because not just because God is good when I'm good, but God is good, period. He's good when I'm not good. And I'm going to show you a scripture uh, uh, in Ephesians 2. Here's the truth, and I've said this before, and you've heard this before. God is a better giver than we are receivers. And we've judged Him based on our receiving versus His giving. But if we would judge Him on His giving, then it wouldn't really matter uh, uh, how we judged judged Him based on ourselves. We, We can be better receivers, but He's good anyway, whether we receive or not. In Ephesians 2, you know the Scripture. Let's read it together. Verse 8 and uh, 9, ready, read. For by grace am I saved through faith, and that not of myself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest I should boast. Now, you got to personalize it. you got to put you in there because everybody's got somebody out there that's better than them, and they're thinking, you know, that man. But it's the truth that it's by grace that I am saved through faith. Well, if you took that I out there, and I'm not asking you to write in your Bible here, but that word saved, if you took that out and you put the word everythinged, I know that's not a word, it's everythinged, but if you would say, for by grace am I everythinged, through faith. I'm healed. I'm funded. I'm forgiven. I'm restored. I'm promoted. I'm increased by faith through grace. And that not of myself, it is the gift of God. That not of myself. So even when I'm not good, God's good. And that means, now if you just take it out there, you have to follow this out. It's got to work in every instant. It, it can't be something that you just say, but it doesn't actually work or it doesn't play out in every, every part of your life. You have, to, you have to, to go there. By grace am I everything through faith, and that not of myself. It is the gift of God. That not of myself means even when I fail, God's on it. He doesn't say, dear Lord, son. Are you going to blow it again? Here I am working this marvelous plan, and you just dropped the ball again. You just blew out again. You just faded away. You backslid. You, you got discouraged. You got disappointed. And so we're going to have to start all over. I say God is the God of good, and he just keeps on going and works it from another path, another way, another venue, another uh, point of entry that he comes at it from somebody else another way. He reloads and goes again. We give up. We say, I blew that. That's out of here now. We're going to have to start over. And then we say, then we attribute the curse to ourselves and say, I guess because I blew it, I'm going to have to do with less, or I'm going to have to go harder, or I'm going to be under this curse. And the Lord said, not so. You're not that good, but I'm good. So God is good. It's uh, it's amazing. Look in Romans chapter 2. This is just about my favorite scripture. I have several, but... Uh, this one I just live off of. I've got several scriptures this morning that uh, on the road, I just have been meditating my favorite scriptures that keep me straight. Every one of us, you have to have the Word of God to keep you straight. You'll get off course. If you get to thinking like other people think or like other th- people believe, you'll get off course. That one thing that you know uh, that says uh, God's in control, that'll wreck your life. It sounds so wonderful. Oh, God, you're you're so big and so powerful and so amazing. You certainly are in control. You couldn't be so powerful and wonderful and not be in control. Well, that sounds good, and that's what religion says is the truth, but it doesn't play out. It's not the truth in your part of life, because then you have to look at what the devil did, and you have to say that God used the devil to somehow Play out some plan of his, some course of life for you that he had to. That he used the devil because he couldn't do it on his own from his own goodness. He had to use the devil to somehow wreck your life, and then he would help you recover. Now that's what happens, but that's not what God planned. Despite the devil, what the devil meant for evil, God will turn for good. But it wasn't the devil. It wasn't God. God's only got good. But if you step out into a cow lot, you're going to step in some stuff. You're it's going to it's going to be boot deep. And if you got short boots, it's going to be <laughs> You're going to take it home with you. <laughs> I don't want to be crude here, but let's get it real. That's what the devil's plan is and what it looks like and what it smells like and everything. It's just terrible. It's just not right. So we can't say God's in control, because if God was getting his way, we'd all be well every day. We'd all be funded every day, because that's what he says he sent to us through the Lord Jesus and by his word. That's his plan, and he has no other plan. And, the, and God does not use the devil, does not use the curse, does not use weakness in order to bring glory to his name. He uses His Word to bring glory to His name. He fulfills the promises. They are yes and amen. So we've got to get that straight, and it is a struggle. It is a, it is a challenge to separate what God has planned for us from, and from what the devil has done to us. He's good, which means He's good all the time. That means that despite terrible things, He's good, and he's working in the background to get us back on course. Let's look in Romans chapter 2. Let's look in verse 4. This is just about my favorite verse because uh, it helps me. It helps me. It says, or despisest thou. So it's, he's in a context here, and he's, he's in a discourse, and he says, uh, and by the way, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Why would you do that, Paul says? Why would you do, why would you despise these things of God? Well, it must be that you are not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Why would you despise goodness, his forbearance? The, the word forbearance there means tolerance. He's, he's, he's tolerating a lot of junk that we do. Do y'all know we do a lot of junk? I do. Well, you're the preacher, yeah, yeah, and and so are you. Well, you're the ambassador, and so are you. We're no different. I'm just playing my part right here according to the gift in me, but it's the gift in me, not because I was made different, just because there's a gift in me, there's a gift in each one of us. So this. that's a strong word. Not just like, well, I didn't know I'm indifferent. Despisest thou the riches of his goodness, the riches, the wealth of his goodness, it's unfathomable, it's without measure and the forbearance and long suffering where he does not attribute punishment to what we do, he pays no attention no attention y'all know Jesus dealt with the sin problem he dealt with the sin problem and God's not mad at sin anymore, it doesn't mean he likes it the reason he doesn't like it is because of what it does to us. The wages of sin is death. None of us like would like to see our kids messing around with drugs or cigarettes or alcohol or any number of things. It, it pains us not because that it's evil inherently itself, because of what we know it's going to do to them. We know it, can't, it cannot be better. Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. He wants us to stay out of sin, not because he's personally offended by it. Um, he knows who he is. He knows what he's done. But because it will always cause us to have less of a life than what he paid for through the Lord Jesus. So it says the riches of his goodness. I'm amazed. The riches of his goodness. You despise the riches of his goodness. You despise his forbearance, his tolerance, his long-suffering. Why would you do that? Why would anybody do that? Oh, he explains it, not knowing it's the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. Well, did y'all know almost all religion, let's just say all religion, does not believe this. What do they believe? They believe that God smacks you, hinders you impede you limit you when you do bad things you 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 don't go to church well god's against you you drink you drink hard liquor you smoke hard drugs or whatever whatever you do whatever you, you chase wild women or whatever whatever sin is to people i don't know it's a number of things just don't read the bible every day would that be that could be somebody's sin god's mad at you is he not here he says not knowing it's the goodness of god So God's not steering us. He's not leading us. He's not not guiding us through punishment or retribution. He's leading us through goodness. So he pays no attention. Listen, I'm going to preach to you real good this morning. He, He pays no attention when we mess up because Jesus bore it all. He took it all. He dealt with the sin problem. And so, sin does not bother God. I know that's a hard statement. It's hard to believe that it doesn't bother God, of course it does. I mean, in the sense of what it does to us, but he's not personally affronted with it, and it's not new news to him. It's not like, "Wow, I can't believe you did that." Oh yeah, he knows how frail we are. He knows what we're he knows our flesh, but what he does is he doesn't react to our sin. Did you know there's people that say that if you commit adultery if you uh if you uh a number of things. That you'll go to hell. Something that you do on the outside will will determine what happens to you on the inside. After you're born again, that God'll reverse the new birth because you because you said a naughty word. You ever said a naughty word? Probably this week. Oh, I know y'all wouldn't admit it. <laughs> None of us would. But naughty's naughty to different people. When when well, I can't go there. I'd have to say the words, so never mind but anyway that's it's naughty you know my christian cussing is blast colin and eric like oh there goes dad cussing up a storm i say blast when i when i wham my thumb with a hammer i say blast they know i have just cussed i have just got down with my bad self (laughs) but some people you know they've got more colorful words than that and and they god that doesn't affect god the lord is not affected by that he is affected by what you did with jesus That's what I did with Jesus. And when you got born again, remember this, it's not a decision. It's not a daily transition. Well, you're born again because you did good, and now you're a sinner and going to hell because you did bad. It was a transformation. The old man that you were was destroyed, annihilated, and taken out of the way. And the new man that Jesus was came in, and you were changed and cannot go back to the old cannot go back to the old it was taken out of the way and destroyed you cannot be not born again once you're born again there's a narrow thing it talks about in hebrews where you can deny the lord in such a way that that could happen but none of us have ever touched that and you don't know anybody that's touched that so we're born again so even if we cuss with really colorful words, and we have a little nip in the evening before we go to bed, and we pour a little bit in our coffee, or we take a little of the game, or we, we smoke a little of this, or we, we flirt with that married woman, or I, all these are terrible things. All of these are terrible things for us. Are y'all nodding yes or no? <laughs> yes. They're terrible things, and, and we could go on, and you know what I'm talking about. The Lord's not moved by it. Everybody thinks. Everybody, that's why preachers want to preach. is because they want, to, they want to shake their finger at people and say, You are bad. You better shape up. Churches preach condemnation because they want people to come back and they want them to look to them and, and say, But you're good, pastor. You're good preacher. And uh, we, we cannot do it without you. It's just not so. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Redeemer. And we don't have to preach condemnation. We're all condemned. We're all condemned for what we do. We're all wrestling with the, the, the shortcomings, the failures, the, the missing the mark that we do. We are all dealing with that. But God's not. It says here that when we mess up, that He just keeps leading us with His goodness. Let me tell you what these words mean. Uh, I looked them up. Forbearance means tolerance. I told you that. But this word leadeth. Not knowing that the goodness of God. Say goodness of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. The goodness of God. What would that look like? What would the goodness of God look like? I think it looks like God at every opportunity, like a mother over a small child is, is not taking her eyes off of that baby. Knows when it coughs, knows when it hiccups, knows when it turns over in the bed, knows everything about it. It's got a monitor in there at night. Uh, You got the kid, you know, got that thing on that kid. I mean, just attentive. I think the Lord's attentive and that at every move we make, just like a mother, when a kid does a bad thing. You ever seen those post- those uh, birthday cards where the, the little kid's in the high chair and he's got spaghetti uh, under a bowl streaming down, you know, and you go, ah, oh, bad boy, bad boy. God's doing that. He's watching us, but he's paying no attention to that. No, no mother just sits there and wails on their little baby when they put spaghetti on their head and it's just dripping down. They want to, but it doesn't do any good. That's what babies do with spaghetti in a bowl. They put it on their head. I remember Eric sending me a picture of Laura Beth in a high chair. And it's lasagna. It was everywhere. And, and she's just sitting there grinning. And, and Eric said, no lasagna were consumed in the making of this photograph. <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, here she is. She's covered up with it. Well, when we mess up, we're covered up with it. We're covered up with sin. God pays no attention. You know, they took Laura Beth. They just cleaned her up, put her in a new outfit, and sent her on her way. It is the goodness of God that leadeth. That word leadeth is where I want to go. The word there means induces. I looked it up. Look it up yourself. It means to induce. So he's he's influencing. He's guiding. He's setting something good in front of us. When we do bad, he doesn't say, I've had it. I would have. I've had it, you do this over and over, and you just keep going back it like the dog to the to the vomit and the and the the pig to the uh, mire, the word says, you just keep going back to it, and every time you say, Lord, I'm so sorry, and you cry and carry on, and then in two weeks or a month, you're back to it again. I have just had it. You don't get it, son, you just don't get it. i We're going to have to take some privileges away. We're going to have you, no more no more funding. You're not funded anymore. No more protection from diseases and, and crud. No more getting along at work. They're going to start looking at stuff that you've been doing, and they're going to fire your sorry tail. They're gonna, you're, you're gone. See, that's what I do. It's what you would do. I know you'd say you wouldn't do it, but we would all do it. Because we, we, we have critical, we have judgment in us, and when we see other people doing it, we comment. Pretty good preaching there. May not get you many claps or amens, but it's pretty good right there. Pretty insightful. Yeah. We all are. We don't want to be. We don't like it when we are. We are glad that we hope nobody else is doing it to us. But we're all in that boat. But the Lord's not. He's good. We want to be good, and we are good because he's put good in us. But we got this flesh suit. We got this unrenewed mind. We got things that hinder us from being good that the Lord doesn't have. He's good, period. And so he says, ah, let's not pay any attention to that. What you did again and again and again and again, let's just pay no attention to that. That's good. And he's good. And it says he induces us. He leadeth thee to repentance. He induces us. In other words, he uses his influence to turn us and steer us from that bad behavior. But no force, no pain. No, no, no. I looked in Hebrews chapter 12 where the word talks about chastises, because that's what always comes up in these situations where people will say, oh, that's not right, Michael, because uh, the Lord chastens us. And you look that word up, chasten. you look in every dictionary, every, everything, the word chasten means to instruct, to teach, to guide, to tutor. That's what it means. How does the Lord instruct and guide and teach and tutor? Right here. This is how he does it. This is how he always does it. This is how, he leads us back to the word. He leads us back to life. He never takes us to death. He never uses the devil's way, which is always death, always the curse, always the accuser. He never does that. He is not the devil. The word says in James that uh, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation, no slipping off the track, no no derail, no variation or shadow of turning. He's straight as an arrow every time in every situation. Well, I killed somebody. Well, yeah. We kill people's reputations. We we kill relationships. We kill our we kill our kids by double standards. We I mean their outlook. Oh sure, we're all guilty of murder. He's not moved by it. He just keeps on inducing us. Inducing leadeth thee to repentance. Now I looked up that word too. I've looked it up before and it means reversal. Repentance. It means to reverse it, the word literally means to turn around and go the other way. So how's God's li- gu- guidance? You mess up one more time. you're like that commercial, don't make me come back there. <laughs> Y'all seen that commercial that there's, you know, how's that sound? Don't make me come back there. The Lord never has said that. Because, man, I tell you, I'd been in the electric chair a gazillion times if he ever said that. Because I'm always making him come back there. I'm always doing stuff that you like, What? What? Because to whom much is given, everybody in here, to whom much is given, much is required. So we, you know, and he who teaches is under a stricter judgment. So it's not like we can get away with what we used to get away or with what others are getting away with. There's a higher standard. But even at that, he's good. He doesn't like sin. You can go to Romans and says, well, should we sin? Because God is the grace abounds where there's sin. Should we sin there to get more grace? He said, he said no, don't do that, because you're going to go through the, way, the wages of sin, which is death. It's going to hurt you to live that life. Do good, but when you don't do good, God is still good. I know you all know this message. I know you could preach it to, to all of us. Everybody could get up here and stand it, but we've got to hear it over and over, because the devil is, is telling us the other over and over. Now, I want to just tell you all for the record, we are in the age of grace right now. It happened when the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead. The age of grace came, and there is no, listen to me, there is no judgment from God in the earth. Now, there is judgment. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There is judgment. If you sow bad, you're going to reap bad, and that's a judgment on what you sowed. But, of course, if you sow good, you're going to, the judgment is, you're going to reap good. That's a judgment. But we're in the age of grace. God is not meeting out judgment for what we do. All of that was detoured when Jesus was on the cross and he bore all the judgment that would come to us. He took it all. He said at the end of it, it is finished which means he took every bad thought, every bad deed, every, every motive, every walking out of love, every, everything, he took it all. He said, I got that. In 2018, on June uh, 21st, or whatever yesterday was, everything that didn't go the way you and I wanted it, Jesus said, I'll handle that in advance. And he did. If you don't believe that, you need to just give up and go to the law. Because you're going to have to live a very rigorous and hard life, which cannot, cannot be consummated. You're going to have to live by the law. It's a tough old life. It's impossible. You can't do it. Nobody ever has, except Jesus. So, there's no judgment being rendered to anybody in this age. In this age. Now, when we leave the earth, there is a judgment for what we've done in the body. But if you repent of it, hold your finger right there and turn to 1 John 1, 1.9. You can be clean. You can be as clean as if you never did it. Based on 1 John 1, 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, that means to agree with it. Instead of saying, well, God, that wasn't so bad. I don't think that was really sin. No, lying is sin. Stealing is sin. It is missing the mark. It's not who we are. It's, it's doing something contrary to our nature. We're not sinners saved by grace. We were sinners, and we got saved. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, oh, thank you, Lord, and just. So it's always going to be according to heaven's standard to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's like it never happened. Well, does that mean, now let's just stay here for just a second and say, does that mean that if you die and you didn't confess a sin... You're not cleansed from all unrighteousness. you got some unrighteousness in you. Well, unrighteousness can't go to heaven. Y'all know that. There's no unrighteous in heaven. Am I right? No unrighteous in heaven. Nobody's in heaven. There's not a thing. We talk about it when we witness to people. If you were to stand before God and you'd say, why should I let you into my heaven? Uh, it, It happens in the blink of an eye. You're righteous or you're not righteous. You're all the way righteous, or you're none righteous It's not by gradient, like pretty righteous. I'd give him a 79. Ah, oh, doggone, you've got to have an 80 to go into heaven. No, it's not that way, is it? You're either washed by the blood, and you're totally as Jesus, or your righteousness is as filthy rags. It's what did you do with Jesus? I know we're talking basics this morning, but I just really felt led. We needed to just start this second half of the year And know what happened. So, uh, this thing here, what if if we had a sin that we didn't confess? Right now in the body of Christ, there's a great controversy going on about this very thing. Word of faith people, preachers, people that you'd say were famous, had two or three or 5,000 people in their congregation are standing up and saying, if you don't confess your sins, all of them, and you pass from this life, and you missed one or four, or 63,000, you're in danger of going to hell. I'm like, what? What happened to the new birth? No, what this is, confess our sins. He's faithful to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all righteousness. I'm already righteous. There's no cleansing from unrighteousness. There's not unrighteousness in my spirit. It's yours. Well, what What have you had a little nip this morning from you kind to of church? What have you had a little, took a little smoke? What have you said, said, dad, dang it. What if you said that? Oh no, not the DD word! <laughs> you better get on your knees, son. You're 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 on the edge there. You might be. What if you? What if you gave it up before you got to church or something? You're you all your whole life you're going to hell. That's crazy. No, it's talking about and you get in the context here and and over in in other John, you find out it's that we. We're cleansed from guilt in our soul. You could get condemned in your soul. You can. You can be clean as Jesus himself in your spirit, born again, but weighted down in your soul where, man, I just can't get over what I did back in 72. And all of us did some bad things in 72. I remember that was a really tough year. Or 73 or 92, whatever year you want to pick we have something that we did all of us have done something pretty much that where we went too far and we just we just can't get we can't shake it well you're not being scriptural you're condemned in your soul and when you're condemned in your soul you can't have faith towards god you'll never speak to the mountain and say get out of here i'm coming through cuz then the devil will say yeah that's real smart look what remember what you did in 72 oh yeah That scripture's for people that didn't do what you did. No, we confess it out, and we come to an agreement that says, Lord, I agree that in 72 I did that. It was wrong. I confess. I agree with your word that it was evil. It was sin against you, against me, against my family, against the call, all those things. And I purge it from my conscience now by confessing it and putting it under the blood. It's done. And there it's done. And you never visit again. You don't come up and say, God, I just want to tell you again how sorry I am for that back then. And as you know, God does not remember that. It's one of the few things that he can't do, which is remember, confess sin. It's under the blood. He can't lie and he can't remember that stuff. So back off of that to say, we can live without sin. I'm not an old sinner. Now, I I do sin. I do miss the mark. But I'm not a sinner. I'm the righteousness of God in him. So... Along that line, I come back over here to Romans 2, that he's leading me to change. He's leading me. How's he leading me? He's always putting good in my path. Well, I took a little, I don't know why, maybe I'll just stay on that. We'll just, I took a little drink yesterday. Maybe, maybe drinking's not sin to you, but it would be for me. I've never drank, and I've never smoked. I don't, I, I don't have much testimony, because I was a good boy but I sinned in other ways. I sinned in my thought life. I sinned all sorts of trash. But on the outside, I was I was a good boy. So you could say, "Well, he was a good boy." But not so much, cuz I know what I thought in my thoughts and I know what I wanted to do if I could, if, if if they just turned me loose what I'd do. You know what I'm talking about back in my youth and from yesterday, whatever. We no matter how high you come up in spirituality, there's just a new level of sin and thought life that you have to beat down. To, uh, that comes against the call of God on your life. So um, he puts good in my life. Puts good in your life. So you took a little drag or a little nip or a little whatever, a little look, because Jesus talked about if you look at a woman and all that sort of stuff. So we do all that yesterday, yesterday. But last night, we said, God, I, man, I hate that. I confess that. That was wrong. Help me, Lord, help me. And Holy Spirit. And so we do that. But today, he says... I got new plans for you. I got some stuff. And he reveals it to you in prayer or in the word and says, this is what I want you to do. I'm fixing to pile some money on you. I'm fixing to pile an opening for you. I'm fixing to I'm fixing to make a way where there seemed to be no way. I'm going to fix that relationship. He begins to reveal to you his goodness. But religion says, there's no way that's coming to you, Jack, because you were not a good boy. And the devil knows. He knows what we did in 72. Doesn't he? Doesn't he remember? Doesn't he know? He logged it. He has familiar spirits everywhere, but it's not God. He's not the, the devil's. Not the judge. Turn with me to Romans, if you would, to chapter uh, eight. You're right there in one. Turn to chapter eight. Now here's my other set of favorite scriptures. I live by these. It's not that I know too much about the mark of the beast and you know the 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 order of the rapture and all that. I I, I get mixed up on that sometimes and. And uh, get the numbers mixed up, 669 or 662 or whatever. I I don't always know everything about that. but, But I do know about Romans 8, 1 and 2. I think it's the better way to know. If you can't know it all, know this. It says in verse 1, there is therefore now. The therefore there is talking about chapter 7. Uh, where he says uh, in verse 23, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He talks about that. The thing I want to do, I can't. The thing I don't want to do, I do. But in verse 1 of chapter 8, he says, therefore, there is therefore, because of the work of the Lord Jesus, there is therefore now, right now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, let me just tell you, um, if you look it up, this who walked not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, that is in virtually no context. That's in virtually, excuse me, no text. This was added, I believe, based on verse 4, where it does say in the last part of 4, who walked not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, which is true, but it doesn't fit, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And you'll look, and, and it's virtually in no original text. But whatever. I'm just telling you as a heads up there uh, that it's not. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Everybody in here, in Christ Jesus? In Christed? New creation in Him? Well, I did bad things in 72. In Christ Jesus? Are you in Christ Jesus? Are you you born again? He said, no condemnation. No condemnation means three things. It means no verdict rendered. In the court of the Spirit, there's no verdict. It means, number two, no sentence passed. No sentence. The goodness of God's leading us to change. It means no punishment following. There's no condemnation. You were stamped innocent. I did it. Ah, but I first John one nine it. I confessed it, got it out of my soul. I can't even remember what it was. Well, if you do that, and this is what preachers love to preach, but if you tell people there's no condemnation, then they'll want to sin. Listen, you know we talk about this. Everybody's sinning plenty. With no condemnation, it it happens. It happens anyway. Y'all know it happens anyway. We should be free from sin in all ways, but it happens anyway. Our minds wander off, the curses in the earth, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, it's all out there, but we get the victory over it because there's no condemnation. Why? It is the goodness of God that's leading me to turn around. He's not whooping me. Well, I lost my job. God must be working on that 72 sin, or maybe the 94 sin, or maybe yesterday's sin. He's working on me. He didn't like what I did yesterday because I told him I would never do it again, and I did it again. And so I got to work today, and they pink slipped me, and it's God leading me to not sin. And it's just not true because nobody's ever quit sinning because God was whooping on them. I never did quit sinning because God was whooping on me. I'm tough. I can take a lot of whooping. We all can. It's just no problem because we're all been condemned and we've all been jacked around with the uh, with the uh, the devil. I, I have it here in the Amplified version. Listen to this, verse one in the Amplified. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. No, a judging guilty of wrong. No, a judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. No, no condemnation. Nada, zilch, zero, not a little bit. Well, I did it a hundred times and told God I'd never do it again every time. No condemnation. What if you do it again? No condemnation. You're born again or you're not. The Passion Version says, Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness... By the way, I'm back on Romans 2-4. Excuse me. I switched gears. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you to repentance? God's good. It's not just a saying... Shouldn't have to be said. Christians shouldn't have to say it, but we do, because sometimes we are going through stuff, and we're trying to pacify ourselves to say, it's terrible right now, and things aren't going good at all, but God's good. Everything is turning out amazing, because God's good. It is. The cotton patch, you know this is coming, when you get the cotton patch out, (laughs) And are you turning up your nose at His overflowing kindness and restraint and good humor, forgetting that God's kindness is leading you towards a changed life? Absolutely. We're all forgetting that. We all, like, oh, I messed up. I can't pray for four days. That would be about the average Christian response to sin, is I can't ask for nothing for four days. It goes back to your parents, that when you got a whipping, for doing to coloring on the wall. You didn't ask to go to Dairy Queen until the fifth day. <laughs> Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? <laughs> not till the fifth day, because we're still simmering over here about your coloring on the wall. Or knocking the teeth out of your sister's mouth or whatever we did. Now, everybody knows you have to wait until stuff cools down. But that's not God. He is instantly, instantly by the blood of Jesus. He is instantly bringing the goodness of God back into our lives. I love this man. Well, I want y'all to know that I'm a son of God, not just a son, but I'm a son of God. Are y'all sons and daughters of God? And God, God's a good father. Let's 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 mark the record right there. He's a good father. He's not just pretty good. Well, you know, Dad, sometimes he just goes off the rails, and when he's when he's been having stress at work, and when him and Mom have been fussing. You cross him and dad's just liable to come unwound and pull that belt out and start wailing and flailing. Not God. He's not emotional in that sense. He's not uh, without sh- with no shadow of turning. He's the same all the time. He never changes that. I want to remind y'all that the Lord never uses the devil's ways. Never to deal with us he never uses compromise he never uses uh lawlessness or rebellion in order to get to us well i the lord's leading me to 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 take this money out of uh out of somebody's purse because he said he was going to supply all my need i mean i know that's crazy but that's how some people think that the lord would do that the truth is now here it comes We never, ever deserve punishment. Could I have an amen if you can? I never deserve punishment. Did you do bad? You never do bad things? Oh, plenty. I missed the mark, plenty. But I never deserve punishment because Jesus bore our sin in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sin, should live under righteousness. And by his stripes, you were, you were healed. He dealt with it. He dealt with it. It's been dealt with. So it's the goodness of God every day. Every day. Well, what if I did bad things, really bad things yesterday? It's the goodness of God that's leading us to change. He's going to put something in there. Do bad things today, he's just liable to put a promotion in your life tomorrow. Crazy talk. That's what that sounds like. Crazy talk. And I'm, not, I'm discounting that you've got to get in faith about it. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm almost through here. I, 2 Timothy. Would you turn there? I found a good, fun scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Maybe you'll put a little star around this one. We'll see if you like it that good or not. Of course, you could have little stars everywhere. <laughs> I do. I have a lot. When I buy a new Bible, which is rare... It takes me all day long to move all my notes out of one into the next. Now, some people say you should just start over and not have that old stuff. No, I move everything. (laughs) Hallelujah. It says in verse 13, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. That means two things to me, at least two. He abideth faithful. He changeth not. Even if I change, and I do change. I believe some days better than I do other days. How about y'all? Some days I'm a fireball about something. I get in the devil's face and I'm saying, I am funded, you rascal. I am funded and I am not going down and I am not taking less and this thing is turning out amazing and this thing is working for me and my God does supply all my need and my, I get in his face about something. And sometimes it's like, Oh, rats, I really was counting on that. I guess we're going to have to go to plan B. Y'all ever done that where you really discount the promises by saying we can do, we can do without that? It's terrible. But the Bible says that he's not that way. The Bible says he abideth faithful. His word never changes based on... Why would it change? Would well, it only change based on us. The only time God would get in a bad mood about anything or change his willingness to abide in his promises is if we did bad things. It says here, he, uh, he remains faithful. I'm not trying to get y'all to sin. I'm not trying to say sin is okay. It'll kill you. Sin will kill you. It'll kill you, but not from God. It's seed time and harvest. It'll, it, it'll kill you. I'm not discounting smoking or, or running around with wild women or all the things that we all consider sin. I'm not discounting that at all. I'm just saying God's paying no attention to it. But down here on the earth, it will kill you. Sin will kill you. Clear on that? But God's not saying, "Ah." Jesus already died because of that sin. It did kill him in the sense of dying, but he was raised from the dead, and he raised up triumphant over sin. So let let me read this in the Amplified. It says, if we are faithless, here comes the Amplified, do not believe and are untrue to him. If we are faithless, do not believe and are untrue to him. He remains true, parentheses, faithful to his word and his righteous character. For he cannot deny himself. Now, the other part about denying yourself is, first of all, the word. He cannot deny him, himself. Him and his word are one. So if he, he cannot deny the word without denying himself. And if he ever denies his word, he, he cannot exist because that's who he is. But the other thing is about denying himself is that he's in you and me. Greater is he that is in me. He is in me. So if he's in me and he denies me, he's denying himself because he's in me. The word says in Colossians, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's not like we're walking down the road hand in hand. We became like scrambled eggs, you know put put six eggs in there, and then take the whisk and whoop them together, and then try to pour out six eggs. It's not going to happen; we're joined together, so he cannot deny me without denying himself. He can't say well i'm I'm the yellow, the yolk, and you're the white or the the whatever that is. no <laughs> that's good, that's just good. Hallelujah. Well, I want to read a scripture. Well, let me let me tell you this. Let's go back to let's go back to Romans two four, and, and I'll finish with this pretty much, not really, but kinda, i pretty much two four two four. Now let's let's take this one step further, and I'll end it with this. Or despise this verse four. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? What are you crazy? Are you a dummy? Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Now, that's, that's not just what God does out of his character. That is an axiom. That is a principle. That is a law of the Spirit. That goodness leads people to change. You can't even punish people and get them to change. When we had Christian school, we would never punish kids for cheating. We would discipline them. And you can't raise kids punishing them. They'll hate you. But you can discipline them. So we'd set little Johnny down. Matter of fact, some of my students from back then, I saw them this week, uh, this last couple of weeks, and you know, uh, Roy boy, which I used to, I used to whip him every day. Oh, they, they, I was the principal, and they sent the boys to me, and Roy's coming between ten and two <laughs> every day. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, and we say, Roy. Here's what they said you do. Did you do it? Yes. And uh, you know what the Bible says, that rebellion is bound up in the heart of a child, f- foolishness, and, uh, and uh, the rod of correction will, will drive it far from him. What are we going to have to do? Drive it far from me. <laughs> well, how are we going to do that? We're going to put the paddle on my butt. <laughs> is that what we should do? Yes. <laughs> but he knew that whatever I did to him, his dad was going to do to him in spades. I'm dead meat. <laughs> he would tell me every time I know, but I'm dead meat. And so, you know, I'd say, here comes two swats. Now here comes number one. I discipline him. And we would drive foolishness far from him. But if you just go in there with a paddle and just start, you know, flailing and carrying on with a belt or whatever, you're not going to do any make people mad at you. So God, that's what God does. He He disciplines us, He does not punish us. Yes. Amen. He does not punish us. He disciplines. That's what the word "chasten" in Hebrews 12 means. But here back to this. So if it's the goodness of God that leads Michael or Deborah or Melissa or or Barry or whatever, if, it, if it's the goodness of God that induces me to turn around, then how about me and the goodness that's in me affecting people? Y'all ever punish someone for doing wrong to you? We even have a saying. Uh, what, what is the saying? Uh, mess with me once, shame on you. Mess with me twice, shame on me. In other words, you got away with it, but it will not happen again. I will come out and I will make you pay for doing this again. Well, that's what we all say. But not really. That doesn't really work. How about if it was the goodness of Michael, in my case, I mean, being good to people to make them change instead of being mad, not speaking, withholding, saying naughty things to them, threatening them, uh, withholding. You know what I mean, how we punish people. What if I just said, that's okay. What else can I do for you? What else can I bless you with? Send them a gift the next day. Write them a note saying, you're just wonderful. The Bible says, I don't remember where it is, but it says somewhere in there. You know, read it all, it'll do you good. Uh, It says, it heaps coals of burning fire. Love heaps coals of burning fire upon their head. I'm changed because of this verse. It doesn't mean that I don't still sometimes stall up and give the silent treatment or, you know, or whatever. I'm ashamed of it. But it never works. Is that right? I mean, but the goodness of God leads people to change. So I've just decided to send cards and send gifts and to speak well, even though I'm matter and thunder on the inside about what they did to me. You know what I mean, matter and thunder. I think it's an injustice, and I don't like what you did, because we were friends, and I had done, and you had said, and we had been together, and we had made... It just never works, no matter what you could say. I gotta be good to him. I'm gonna read you a verse. It's in first John five. I'm gonna read it in the amplified because <clears throat> I love this verse. It's I got all my favorites in today. Hallelujah. And this is that testimony, that evidence. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who possesses the Son has that life. Is that right? He who does not possess the Son of God does not have that life. I write this to you who believe in, who adhere to, trust in, and rely on the name of the Son of God in the peculiar services and blessings conferred by Him on men so that you may know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have life. Yes, eternal life. You can know you're born again, can't you? The Church of Christ say that you can't know until you hit heaven. You can't know if you're born again or not. That's what they say. That's what they used to teach. But here it is. Here's what I like. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness that we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, He listens and hears us. Let's say that together. He listens and hears us. So you've got to pray prayers that God can answer. And if we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. I think we ought to just get out there this morning just for a minute. And ask God something that's in His will based on that God's putting His goodness in, our, in front of us. That God's saying, if you'll, if you'll let me do anything good for you, I'm already on it. I'm already up to it. Matter of fact, that's the only thing I can do. I can't punish you. I can't whoop you. I can't withhold. I, can't, I cannot use anything the devil would do. I can't do anything that men would do. I can only put my goodness... And we could study that word out. It is just marvelous, the word goodness. It's his glory. It's his essence. All those things. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all of me in your situation. And if you'll pray a prayer, if you'll just have a confidence that I'm going to answer it, I want to. I want to. He said, I want to. Just give me a chance. Let's give him a chance this morning. Y'all got a prayer? You got a request? You got a, something that you need from God, His goodness, to intervene in your situation? Of course you do. It may be little to somebody else, but it's big to you. It could be just, you know, somebody in your family saying, God, I need to be restored to them. I got, I got someone in my family that's just madder and thunder at me. But he's madder and thunder at everybody and, you know, not getting along with anybody. But that doesn't matter. I am pressing to be restored. It's my responsibility. Nobody else is going to take it. He's my family, so I have to do it. So I'm asking God for it. One time I sent him a watch, uh, my favorite watch. I gave it away in that Jack Myers meeting that we had. We were giving away cars and everything. I gave a watch, my favorite watch. Oh, special. I'm a watch person. And, uh, And then I found it again. I found it again, and I bought two of them. And I bought me one and I sent one to him. And he sent me a card saying, what is your motive for sending this to me? What do you really want out of me? Wow, that was kind of a slap back. I'd spent almost $200 on the thing. And I got a whipping back. And I had to reload. I had to step back and say, goodness of God, I'm just going to say, because I love you, because you're a blessing, because I just want you to have everything. I just went on and on. I was madder than thunder. Y'all know that? I did not like him that day. But I just reached in. Well, we all have done that. I, my story's not unique. But I'm telling you, it's working. Cold. I can, I can, I can, he won't talk to me on the phone. He can only let me text. And he never answers. So I can only go one way. But I can smell those embers on his head. Smoking it. Love, is it never fails. It's going to work. So, Father, we all right now, we reach past what we feel, our traditions, that, God, you're mad at me, or you're not real happy with me, or you're a little miffed at me, or I need to wait five days before I ask for something after I've done nothing bad. It's not your word, Lord. It's not your character. It's not your position as our Father you're happy with me as you're ever going to be right now, and you're wide open. You want to demonstrate your goodness because every gift, every good gift comes down from you. So Lord, I'm going to be a better receiver than I have been because you're already an A1 giver. I'm going to be a better receiver right now and, and family, you got to say it. You can say it, but you got to utter words. You can't think it. There's no thinking with God. There's words. And you got to believe you receive when you pray. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So, Lord, we're going to, right now in this, this anointing, this, this time, we're going to release our faith to receive something. We're going to turn on our expectors. And we're going we're gonna to say this is fixing to be amazing because I'm going to ask for the moon. I'm going to ask for the moon. I'm going to ask for something that I've never dared to ask for. And I believe, Lord, that you being our Father will do it because you are changing me by your goodness. So right now with, uh, with our hearts open, we say what we need. We make our requests known to God and we are confident that we have the requests we've made. So in Jesus' name, I ask you personally, Lord, as everybody's praying right now, I'm just going to do mine over the mic. I ask you for a door of opportunity into my brother's life that I would have a way to be uh, restored to my brother in Jesus' name. I ask you to make a way, Lord, where there is right now no possible way, no way. I ask you to open the door and to put words in my life to to make that thing happen. I ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you have time to do it? Well, you can do it anytime. time. If you can't do it now, you can do it any time. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, we ask you for the grace that's on this second half of 2018. We ask you for it. In Jesus' name. A grace. And that means all over this house, we're expecting more the rest of this year I'm expecting more and I discount you discount it with me I discount everything that happened and didn't happen in the first half of having any effect on the second half well that sounds about right or that's 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 par for my course no right now we we set the word says set your mind for action gird up the loins of your mind so what it says Lord, we gird up the loins of our mind to expect an amazing six months beginning now in Jesus' name. Can you say, I expect it? Amen. All over the house, we expect it. Woohoo. Now, we will have testimonies throughout this next six months of amazing things. And the goodness of God will so impact us that it'll just be the beginning. It's not a one-time thing that says, well, you got one shot, or you got three genie wishes, or something like that. No, it's going to start us on a pattern of, he's good to me, and therefore, I'm able to be good to others. Instead of letting them out of their tires, which is what I, that's my traditional threat. When they're mean to me, I say, that's fine. But I know where you're parked. I've never done it, but I, that's my traditional. Now I'm going to just say, I'm going to go check there in your tires and <laughs> air them up if they're low. Well God bless you. pray for you. I want to agree with you. If anybody comes up, we'll, we'll just we'll just we'll just get a hold of God. We'll pray a prayer that God can answer, and we'll have a confidence about it. Most of the time, our prayers are not answered. is because we either want it instantly or we're not willing. The Bible says that miracles are instant, but healing is an amending. But we all want it now or we didn't get it, and so we turn off. As soon as you know, it didn't happen going out the door, I still feel the same. It didn't happen right there. It ended it, didn't it? I said it ended it. when you don't Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Or we don't ask according to the will of God. We don't know the will of God, so we're asking for things that He, he cannot do or certainly cannot. Concerning money, things have to take time. He can change a heart, but it takes time to get money sometimes adjusted. Lord, I need to make thirty grand this month. Well, amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Well, I bless you in Jesus' name for the best six months you've ever had in your life. An exceptional time frame, an era that will mark the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.